Hello and welcome to Kids Get Acquainted with the Internet, a Girl Meets World podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Keith. And today we're discussing your thoughts on Ski Lodge 1 and 2 in a massive mailtime spectacular. Spectacular. <sighs> um, so we've sufficiently procrastinated starting this episode until 1.33. And it's going to be a long one because you guys sent a lot of long emails, so that's, this is going to be great. You all knew. <laughs> You knew what you were doing. Y'all conspired together, and here we are in this basement. Yep. So, Caitlin, the yes. floor is yours. What did you think of Ski Log 1 and 2? Okay. So, I um I watched them, I think, last Friday mm-hmm. um, on the app back-to-back. Yeah. So, they're not that fresh in my mind. I will say, for starters, that even though it isn't that fresh in my mind, it doesn't leave the best taste in my mouth, and this arc combined all the things I don't like that they've done to Maya's character. It had the triangle, it had her psychosis, (laughs) it had Josh... I just, I don't like Maya with Josh. Like, I don't Mm. like how Maya is with Josh. It's super unnecessary. He came in as this weird omnipotent being after so long who apparently knew everything that was going on. And, and, oh, okay, yeah, that was Lucas's moment. Anticlimactic much, first of all. I don't know, I thought that was a pretty solid moment. Although I was like, when Riley was like, does that mean that when you go to get a sandwich, you'll get me one too? And I love that she equates love to food (laughs) Like, same girl, same cake, too. Um, Come on, you didn't even enjoy that scene even with Lucas and Riley? It was, honestly, it was okay. It it had some good humor, but it was also kind of cringy. I thought it was great. I thought the Riley and Lucas scene especially was great. And, um... It, like, overall, like, the two episodes did have a lot of good, uh, humor. Yeah. I could have totally done without what, at the end, I guess, is Lauren's son. Yeah. Because it, he didn't even seem like a perspective, yeah, he didn't even seem like a perspective love interest, he just seemed like a weird Dalai Lama figure. No, that, but that, that was, I know, that, I think that was a good thing, that they thought, they tried to, like, He fix. was creepy in both roles, though. <laughs> I don't know, I thought the he was, thing was really funny. He was right after Charlie Gardner. Well, I was gonna say, if you, if you look really carefully, you see Charlie Gardner, like, behind the stairs in this whole episode. <laughs> see, I believe you. <laughs> like, I, I believe oh, you. Man. Yeah, He's honestly, if it... Charlie, Charlie Gardner, I'm Charlie Gardner. Charlie, <laughs> you know that that, that, actor, that, that that actor's in, like, a major new television show as, like, one of the main characters? Really? Yeah. One more channel. I, I forget, like, maybe CBS or something. I forget, huh. I forget what channel. But, yeah. And... He has long hair now, he looks creepier. Nice. <laughs> so, like, it's... super first Scream 1. Yeah. <laughs> was it Billy? Billy, Billy yeah. yeah. And honestly, at this point, I I hated the triangle, but I hate where we are now, too. I, I wish no one was with anyone at this point. What's with all the anger, guys? Come on. I just, like... Riley and Lucas had a really sweet moment, and the actors did a great job, and it was funny. I don't understand the... I don't know, because especially, because, like, also, now we've got Riley and Lucas in a serious... I assume, you know, it's yeah. like a serious relationship. Yeah. And we have Maya's weird, like, abstinence promise to Josh. <laughs> That's not what it is. <laughs> I'm going, I said what I said. So it's like, well, honestly, I don't I'll see, be waiting. Neither of them are going to date around. How, how is Maya going to date around when all when her eye is always on Josh and he, now she's got this weird, pr- pretty much promise 
that well, I'm like... Well, okay, so, but he says, you live your life, I'll live my life. My my yeah, guess, sure. honestly, is what will happen. So, I, real quick, yeah. I forgot last time, but I realized, listening back early mm. today on our podcast, like it is quote. close to the Topanga quote. Oh, of, yeah. Uh, you know, you do your thing, I'll do my thing, and if in the end we end up together, it'll be beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think of that. That's interesting. I think that is directly yeah. from that. That's interesting. I mean, I, I think... There are two ways that the, the Josh and Maya thing makes sense going forward. And one is that Josh... Because Josh isn't isn't promising. He's saying hopefully it works out. So if Josh ends up dating someone else, that'll probably be a wake-up call for her. And, and then she'll be able to date other people. I mean, all or, we gotta do is get a jealous episode where they break into some college dorm. <laughs> the sweater girl's gonna be there. It's gonna be a whole thing. And yeah. it's gonna be cringy and terrible. Or, you I know. I, you tell me right now. <laughs> Do you not think that it's exactly what's going to happen? No, I don't think the sweater girl's coming back. But <laughs> I, you know, I think the other, I think the other option is that somebody else, somebody else, hopefully new, likes Maya and tries to win her over, and then she eventually is like, you know what, Josh is in the future. I'm going to give you a shot, and then that hopefully lets that happen. I, I've heard that there that she doesn't just sit around the rest of the season. So that's that would be nice yeah. since that's all since all she's been really doing is sitting in the corner going crazy. <laughs> we'll be going and, pretty insane. And also Lucas's reactions like were really weird. Like to, like Lucas towards Maya. I'm it, mm. I don't know. I'm like, okay, did you ever like her? So that was one thing I had said on the podcast, but I I've sort of re uh, evaluated is that it, the jelly bean scene pretty much confirms that there was a choice to be made. Yeah. And so that he did have some feelings for Maya. By then, I think the scene where she goes, you obviously picked me, and he's like, uh, and he's like, I can't hurt you, means that he did, he picked Riley. Yeah. He, he yes. likes, the purple. yeah, he, I, li- he liked I them both, but he picked Riley. No, I understand yeah. that, but honestly, like, just, like, ski lodge on its own makes it seem like he didn't ever really like her. It's all, it's all it's very mushy. It, yeah, they want... And the thing is, especially... And, and he, one of my biggest problems with Girl Meets World mm. is how theatrical it is. Mm-hmm. And by theatrical, I mean, let's, instead of having a moment with one to four people on their own, let's have the entire class join in. Yeah, let's uh, have them all uh, sit in a circle yeah. and listen to our weird stories. Well, yeah, but, okay, so you're talking about Ski Lodge 1 here. Because yes. it wasn't like that at all in Ski Lodge 2. It no. was one-on-one situations. I'm talking uh, about uh, 1, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, it, it makes sense that everybody was on the trip with them. That's fine, yeah. but they should have been dream sequences, or they should have at least, you know, been on their own. Yeah, I mean, but that's um, also, like, I don't I don't disagree with you, but I, I don't think that that's, like, a huge problem, honestly. Like It, it is when it's, like, every other episode that they have these big moments in front of the entire class yeah yeah okay and it's just like that's just i don't know why they're making that decision it's not a good one yeah it's it's a strange and i I just like one of the reasons they do that is they want to break the fourth wall so much that obviously by now it becomes less and less interesting or unique because that's basically most of everything they do at this (laughs) point and so they do that so they can have comments like Oh, we've been waiting two years yeah, for this. They want the Greek chorus thing. Yeah, I, I, but but I, I but the thing like, is, even for that, you don't. You, it wouldn't be that weird if Zay and Farkle were watching as a Greek chorus. They don't need everybody else yeah. there too. I mean, if you asked me a year ago, yeah. or maybe let's say a year and a half ago, how I felt about breaking the fourth wall, I'd be like, "Yeah, it's pretty funny and clever." If you ask me now, I'm like, "Just get over it." Like, <laughs> it's, all it ever does is do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I've totally lost my appreciation for it because. It needs to be in a special, special. moment. Yeah, it, it, it's so commonplace now that all yeah. it is is irritating. Or at least like like so like in something like Community, it's a very meta show. 
And, but there's a reason for that, and that's that one of the characters has, I, I, I don't know if he has Asperger's or what, but the way he interacts with the world and understands social interactions is by watching a lot of TV and movies. And so he makes everything meta because that's what his character is written to do. Uh-huh. And so, like, and then at least there's a reason, and there's one particular person doing it, and everybody else thinks they're weird. Yeah. As opposed to this, where it's just like, you're in a weird world where everything's meta every episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I get I get where you're going from. Do you want to give it a grade, or do you want to just move into the mail? Um, mail. Return to sender? <laughs> yeah. Mail, okay. So, Return to Michael Jacobs' weird fantasy land. <laughs> so, we're going to start with, uh, I put two YouTube comments, which were a little bit, some of the longer ones that were a little bit more fleshed out. Um, this first... Wait, what the? <laughs> What's your problem, dude? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, this is a long YouTube yeah, comment. Yeah. Did you hear what he said? I know! Over but... 20 pages at 12 font? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, so this, uh, I'm going to read this first one. It's from Katie Box. She sent this on the uh, Ski Logged 1 video. Remember, to think outside of that box. Oh, yeah. Alright, they're not even trying in the triangle anymore. The writers have already been showing that Rukus is going to end up together, and they're not even trying anymore. Uh, when Josh arrives at the school for ski log- for the ski log trip, Lucas wasn't even a little upset, but in the promo for next week's episode, Lucas is clearly bothered by Riley's possible love interest. However, the two alternate realities were pretty good, but I thought Riley's was a little funnier. The whole, and Augie as Cupid because we had to fit him in made me laugh out loud, uh, just love because of how it. meta it was. See, now that's a funny... Exi- that's, well, we yeah. talked about this last time. Yeah. It was because... It was in a specific scenario. They, oh, they yeah. had the freedom to do that in the fantasy sequence yeah. that made it allowable and special. Yeah. You try to do something special all the time, it's yeah. not special. So well, they waited for a special think moment about for the, it. When you think about Boy Meets World, you, there's only... like There's probably more than this, but there's only two meta moments that really jump out to me, and that's the thing about... The babysitting. The babysitting when they switch the the time of the channel, Mm -hmm. uh, the time of the time slot, and then the Eric Hollywood episode, and that's why Eric Hollywood stood out so much. Morgan, okay, yeah, but yeah, but, the longest time out yeah. ever. Yeah. But but it's like it's very it was very infrequent, like mm-hmm. maybe once or twice a season. Yeah, and yeah. so it was special. Yeah, oh, it was speaking, funny. Speaking of Morgan, yeah, she's in Morgans. that picture. Yeah, they're both in that. We're gonna get the. We're gonna I get kinda, what we want. Yeah. I'm honest, I kind of am wondering if that's the if case. We're actually gonna get it. I mean, how are they going to explain that away? Two, Let's two be Morgans. clear what we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about there being two Morgans in a scene with Augie, and so. Are we getting our lesbian Morgans, which I have uh, ship named Momo? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh man, yeah. Momo. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, Momo lives I'm on. gonna keep reading this. Thing. Momo will sail. <laughs> Sparkle, Smackle, and Zay were great in the scenes that they were in. The purple cat callback was nice to see. LOL. And come in. Overall, the episode was probably a B because the comedy was good and the drama was, quote-unquote drama, was okay. But Yobi was great, especially the time to go to bed with Yogi following Darby into her room. This person like totally. OGP. This person's totally on uh, the right pathway with us, I think. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 I dig Yobi. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. D- didn't you see them in the newspaper? <laughs> that was Aww, great. They're yeah. so cute. <laughs> we should start like a Yobi fan blog. <laughs> How old actually is the actor that plays Yogi? I don't like know. Or something. I-, I think that their age ranges are not that different. He just looks young for his age. Okay. Yeah. Alright, do you want to read this next YouTube comment? I, mean, I can use it on my own oh, topic, yes. can't I? <laughs> <laughs> you joke. 
How would I pronounce that? Just read it out. <laughs> I have no idea. At Mushenska 6 in parentheses SL2. From the Ski Log 2 video. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Writes in what? last week. <laughs> First reactions. These have been my favorite episodes of the series so far. We finally got to end the triangle, in parentheses, amen, exclamation point. And I really enjoyed the movies in part one. I thought it was a good way to add a little fun and excitement that was appropriate for Disney's younger audience while dealing with relationships. It balanced part two's seriousness seriousness perfectly. There was a lot going on in this episode, so I'm going to break it down by character. Lucas. OMG, they finally gave Lucas a personality and he can express emotion. <laughs> I don't even know if that makes any sense, but okay. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Should I do that again? No, it's fine. Keep going. <laughs> it was all caps. Yes. I had to. Um, <clears throat> You're a jerk. <laughs> I am. I loved his line as he got off the couch to kick a tree and Zay runs after him to save a tree. His speech and scene with Riley was I very sweet. Too. I'm going to be up front and say that I'm a Lucaya fan. Lucas finally choosing Ryla, <laughs> Riley. <laughs> he, he had chosen Raya all along. <laughs> Lucas finally choosing Riley still doesn't sway me from that position. During Maya and Lucas's first fireplace scene, he asked her very genuinely why she poured a smoothie on his head. To me, that sounded like he liked her. He was ready to date her as opposed to when he wasn't ready to date Riley and wanted to try. She, in response, poured blended fruit on him. In their second fireplace scene, she teases him again, and he says he could never hurt her. Now that they can be real friends again, I am very eager to see how the relationship evolves. They have great chemistry, and I think they will get a lot of fun moments. Let's see where that leads. Do you want to pause there? If we could. Um, I'd just say, I mean, I don't think that all hope is lost if you're someone who's hoping for this. But I, but I even way out. But I, even as someone who enjoys their chemistry, hopes that all hope is lost. Because I mean, any any way, if if they happen, it's only the only way that happens is if we return to a love triangle. I'm done with. I'm pretty sure everybody's gonna die. They're all gonna die. They have what was it? What was it? uh, Mush disease? Yeah, gush mushy sweetness. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I'm just. I'm totally done with. Love triangles. I don't want that Dan, to return. It's not a triangle. Also, also think about how like Maya's already insane, but think about how extra insane she'd be if after revealing that she never liked him, it was real that he actually liked him. Oh, they're it, definitely gonna go that way. <laughs> if I know anything about the it back and forth, makes no sense. Anyways, back to the email. Riley, as I've said before in a previous comment, Riley's romantic view of the world can't last forever. But I'm glad the writers gave her a notebook-style ending for now. The protagonist of the show needs happy moments. So this is Rukus Part 2 if Part 1 was the beginning of Season 2. And now they're in high school. They weren't old enough or ready for the pressure of being a couple in middle school. How will it be different in high school? Are those ghosts going to come back? Will one be more advanced than the other? I don't think that they will talk about sex just yet, but will the show address being alone and making out? Lucas is a year older. Will Maya and Riley sit in the bay window and discuss what to do with their hands? That'd be great. <laughs> Can that be on Disney Channel? Also, that sounds very sexual when you think about Reliant. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag confirmed. Um, Maya slash Maya and Josh. I still don't buy Maya turning into Riley. Dan, I think you're right that the episode alone makes all that talk believable. But in the wider what? context, I just uh, it just doesn't work. 
Minor I change. Really exactly. I, I said I I like the episode by itself, but in the larger context, I don't like. I don't know if it makes sense in the context of the episode by itself. But she seems so insane. <laughs> Maya changed into Riley for a whole year because she wanted to protect her best friend. So Give insane. me a break. I can't believe she doesn't have super strong feelings for Lucas anymore. But I don't. I thought they were going to say super strength. Oh, I, I can't. I, I can believe she doesn't have super strong feelings for Lucas anymore. But I don't think all those planted Lucaya moments were for nothing. And yes, you could say it was for the triangle storyline, which is over now. But if that is the case, what a waste of time. So I, I know this, like, it, it, it's a relatively realistic statement, but also Maya just seems fickle at this point. Mm. Like, just she likes the guy that's in front of her. Well, no, that's not what she is. She never liked Lucas as the yeah. canon of the show. Yeah, that's garbage. Yeah, I mean, it's I, psychotic. I know it's psychotic, but it, you can't be saying she's both so, psychotic and fickle. She is psychotic. I just she's can't buy into it. So honestly, from a real world perspective, it just seems like Josh wasn't around for whatever yeah. reason, which made her kind of forget about him, yeah. which happens, especially when you're like, what, 14? Yeah, I mean, I would say most 15-year-olds are fickle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why can't they just work with... With that storyline, <laughs> instead of making her psychotic. The Fickle 15. <laughs> Keep going, Keith. That's scary. <laughs> On that note, I do think having Josh back to help Maya realize her feelings was a good move, and I understand why they waited for Uriah and for that scene. That is not my opinion. <laughs> no. Nope. I do. Um, there isn't anyone else besides Riley Maya could have had that honest and open conversation with. Or Sean. It is rumored Uriah could have a bigger part in season four. If there is one, check out our YouTube video that we did earlier today. Ah! But I'm curious to see how they will use his character. Will he have B storylines like Topanga and interact with the gang when he is over for dinner or work at the bakery? How long will the lingering long game last? He said that they will each live their own lines and I, lives, and I guess that they will be on the sidelines until Maya turns 18. What if Josh meets a girl in college? Maybe Maya will be a hipster artist. Will meet a hipster artist. Will meet a hipster artist. <laughs> And I think she will be one. <laughs> <laughs> they paint together in the park. The problem Aww. is that their their problem is what would their conclusion actually be? Uh, they could both get jealous, but won't break off the relationship because of the age difference is still a problem. Will they each be one another's? Will they be, be each other's one that got away? Uh, yeah, He's having some troubles <laughs> today. <laughs> but to be honest. I can't see them actually being Endgame. If they end up together and get married, not only would Maya become Riley's aunt, <laughs> but that would also be, uh, also become Corey and Topanga's sister-in-law. It might be cute because that does mean Maya is officially part of the family, but will the writers really do that? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I mean, first of all, that is funny if she's Riley's aunt. Like, it's a pretty solid joke. And <laughs> That's a solid also, Josh used the uh, Topanga line, so I'm pretty sure that secretly Josh and Maya are the true main oh. characters in OTP. <laughs> As we've talked about before, the show isn't about Riley. Yes. It's about Maya. I mean, I also just, I mean, you. it all comes back to that... The Meg, that, no, Well, yes. <laughs> it all comes back to that Michael Jacobs is, the boss. is, in a, is writing this relationship because it reminds him of his own relationship. So, yes, I think they're endgame. That's what you call fickle. <laughs> Actually, it isn't because he's married to her. <laughs> it does bother me that, like, the focus of the show, as far as, like, the audience is... Validating the pers- Michael Jacobs' own life? <laughs> no, he does enough of that on his own. Well, so um, that's what the show is doing. Oh, yeah. But also just, like, just speculating about the relationships, and that's, like, the core of the show. And it's, like, that's just... It's just so frustrating because... Yeah. 
we're, I still feel like we're not getting, like, a well-rounded, like, adolescent experience from yeah. a girl's perspective. Like, I'm sorry, it's not all about getting in a relationship and dating boys. Yeah. There's so much that goes into it, just like there was for, like, why is it that Boy Meets World was so much more, like, complicated? Yeah, Not just yes that it was no. family-based, but, like... Yes and no. A lot of yeah. Boy Meets World, a lot of the major... When you think about the major arcs, Pittsburgh, Lauren, the marriage, like, mo- most of the major arcs I, are about I relationships. Guess the, I Oops. guess it's just that it wasn't, like, every... There were so many different, like, oh, could... It's the triangle that, yeah. like, makes it seem so much more glaring. Yeah. Those all come after a lot of quick failures, though. Yeah. Which make it seem more realistic. Well, well, I think, I mean, I think, first of all, those arcs made sense. <laughs> that helps. Um, and second of all, that yeah. they, that even within something like the Lauren arc, we had the drinking episode. You know, we had... I think it's, I think the biggest thing is, like, Corey and Sean never fought over a girl. Yeah, like, yeah. Not never, never, because there was, like, the, when Sean had Corey babysit, quote-unquote, the <laughs> the two girls. Yeah. Because he was trying... So that's the closest you ever got. Mm. That also, was one episode. Uh, what was it? Uh, when Corey uh, and Sean went to the the hairdresser place and yeah. had to go in tomorrow, don't look at her toes, but they sparkle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there wasn't a major dramatic storyline. Yeah, that about lasted over yeah. a season. But, but on the flip side, for, according to the canon now, Riley and Maya never fought over a boy either. Yo, okay. Because she oh. never actually liked him, and it was all about her she protecting Riley. She was the girlfriend Riley. equally as much. Psycho killer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Corey and Topanga slash Evan. Interesting grouping. Mm-hmm. I really don't think Evan had to be Lauren's son. It was completely unnecessary since they already made so many references to Lauren and nature changing how people feel. He should have just been some random ski lodge kid who knows the mountains and had a special place for things to happen. And had a weird obsession oh, with sorry. Sherpa. And who knows the mountains yeah. are a special place for things to happen. Um, Sherpa. I know GMW is a continuation of Boy Meets World. But sometimes it is okay to let the past go. See, I personally liked that quite a bit because I thought it was understated. That it was one line, it was a funny moment, and that was it. They didn't make a huge deal out of it. Like, if, if he had been, like, around the corner in a bunch of scenes, or if he had had an ongoing thing throughout the episode where he was teasing Corey about being Lauren's son... Ha ha, like, like, I might be your legitimate son. Or, or even if they actually had used him as a, like, a real romantic rival and he basically yeah. was Lauren again, yeah. then I'd have more issue with it. But I actually think that he is one of the best references they made because it's what we always talk about where it's a twist on the reference. If nothing else, I liked his jacket. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> All right. Next, we can just move on. Yeah, we can just move on. All right, so now we're into the actual emails. Uh, Caitlin mm-hmm. from Emily. Here are my thoughts on Ski Lodge. First of all, I definitely agree with Dan on his YouTube review that this was one of the better quote-unquote fantasy-type endeavors on GMW, and the humor was pretty good. Again, like Dan, I didn't really laugh out loud a ton, but that's okay. But that's okay. <laughs> Everyone's settling. And for some reason, the line that got me the most in Ski Lodge 1 was Lucas's, I'm that tall, after Riley asked him how he could tell that everyone was in love. <laughs> that was weird. That was weird in a good way. <laughs> oh, no, I love that. <laughs> anyway. Which is great because he must not be that tall, really. No, no. He's under six foot, yeah. I imagine. Oh, yeah, he is. He's, I think he's my height. 
I appreciated that they definitely called back to the Boy Meets World Ski Lodge episodes very nicely. How could they not? But they didn't have to use flashbacks. Good points. Thank God. (laughs) Good Lord, man! Oh, I'm thinking about flashbacks. <laughs> You're flashing back. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I all the fla- times I've seen flashbacks. <laughs> that would be <laughs> a fun montage. That would be a pretty good like like that would actually be a good meta moment. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, like someone looks off to the distance. What are you looking at? Never mind. <laughs> um, I love Topanga's line of Lauren has not aged well. Just saying, I thought that Evan being Lauren's son, which I had heard going into it was a very nice touch that made sense and didn't add a whole lot of confusion, as opposed to Lauren herself being there, which could happen eventually, but not when there was already so much going on. And just the right amount of hilarity. In Ski Lodge 2, the line that made me laugh the most was when Topanga was saying, yeah, I I finally like him, talking about how she and Corey stayed up all night. Topanga had a lot of solid stuff. Yeah. I don't know why Corey and Topanga, though, made such a big deal out of Riley talking to him in a... Like, I feel like the way that... You don't know why two parents... No, no, let me finish. (laughs) Yeah, well, no, being, like... I understand being concerned on the level of, like, oh, she's staying up with a strange boy that we don't know. Yeah. But on the level of, like, the weird way that... The weird cryptic manner that they spoke of it (laughs) was unnecessary, especially with, like like Emily just said, with everything going on. I thought it was kind of funny. to To them, the idea of... Talking all night with a mountain person, it has like magical power significance. A <laughs> moose can't be a ranger. As far as the themes for both episodes go, I think part one gave a lot of interesting implications about Rukus and Lucaya slash Leia. It's Leia. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and I can't wait to hear your thoughts. I'm about to listen to your first podcast. What? what? Why? Uh-huh. Part, part, I think he means part one. I assume he means part one of two. Oh, I thought, like, you just <laughs> never Robert. heard of very first. <laughs> okay. Uh, why? Why would you do that Actually, to yourself? Actually, I want to do that. I want to go back and listen to our first podcast. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> no, do it when everything's all over. Yeah. It's coming up anyway. <laughs> As for part two, I had heard before I watched before I watched the episode that Josh was going to suggest something ridiculous, but I didn't realize how ridiculous it would be or how quickly Maya would buy into it. Girl, I know. <laughs> His explanation kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, at least the, the t- first time I watched it. And then it got a little better the second time. You were just jaded. <laughs> anyway, on, off the top of my head, I'm going to say part 1A and part 2 B+. Sorry for the length of this email, but thank you for reading this far. You're not even the longest email, Emily. <laughs> Alright. Me- Caitlin, why don't you read Megan so it's short? Okay. Megan writes in. Last week. Whatever. I loved Ski Lodge Part 1. It was awesome city, totally the bomb. (laughs) I loved Ski Ski Lodge Part 1. It had good humor at the start when Corey is talking to the class and he accidentally breaks the stick on the chalkboard and then he chucks the stick at the chalkboard. I thought the whole scene was pretty funny. The Yobi bit was funny too and how Yogi tried to follow the girls into where they were sleeping and Josh had to stop him. Uh, That is a fan favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I liked the bit where they each imagined what the world would be like if either of them was in a relationship with Lucas. Huckleberry Bond was pretty funny, and Maya shooting everyone with some sort of toy gun. Let me just interrupt for a moment. I want to see Sean interact with Yogi, Mm. because Yogi is like the playboy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So much yes. Yes. I want the show to be about Yogi. Well, he's not a playboy, because he's always with the Darby, though. 
the Darby. Dar- <laughs> oh, Darby. My Darby. <laughs> Our Darby. Darby. Corey. The Corey. Matthew. Darby. More like Darby. Am, Am I right? right? I also love. <laughs> I also. <laughs> I'm sorry. It starts at ten. <laughs> no, it starts at one thirty. Oh, it did. It I also, I also loved. I also loved Ski Lodge Part Two. The humor was good in that episode when Corey was freaking out about the kids playing the game that Corey and Topanga played in Heartbreak Corey, and I liked that. I liked the talk that Lucas and Josh had. I think if he was going, if he was the same age as her, or if she was eighteen, he would go out with her. Uh, meaning Josh. Yeah. I liked the talk Lucas and Riley had. They're just so cute together. I'm glad everyone is happy. Well, I guess Lucaya shippers are not going to be happy, <laughs> though. LOL. <laughs> um, Shade. <laughs> Keith, you just learned what that word meant like last week. Did you really? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'd be sad for you, Keith. It's a very important ghastly move. <laughs> that was good. I also liked... <laughs> <laughs> I also liked... How Evan said to Corey, my mother says hi, and the look on his face, and Topanga's like, yeah, we're never coming back here. For real. Uh, when the writers did that Twitter Q&A, they said there are two couples that happen soon, and a third that happens because of the two couples. So is the first Katie and Sean, and I'm guessing the other couple's Riley and Lucas, who do you think the third couple's going to be? Josh and Maya? That would just be kind of weird in a way, because Riley calls Sean Uncle Sean, and if Katie and Sean are getting married, then wouldn't that make Josh and Maya sort of related in a weird way? So she's his... Maya is Riley's cousin aunt. Of course. Um, So I don't think Katie... Cousin aunt sister! I do not think Katie and Sean fit into the tweet mentioned, because Katie and Sean had been dating, we just hadn't been seeing it. So they weren't a couple that happened, they'd been happening. So naturally we're talking about when all the fallout happens, and we just get Raya. Yes. I mean, I, yes. I, I honestly, I assume the two couples that happened are Josh, Aya, hey. and Rukus, and so I don't know what the Maya third one is Maya is Riley's most extraordinary relationship. Obviously. Obvi. Thank you. Obvi. Yes. Well, no, okay, but so I do want to talk about that slightly for a second and just say that that was clearly them attempting to rectify what you were complaining about earlier, which is that Corey and Sean never fought over a girl, and this is supposed to be saying, like, they are the most important thing to each other, and that Maya was always, Maya would never want something Riley wanted because she cares about Riley above all else. Yes, it's convoluted as hell, but... Yeah, they thought about that about halfway through, though, so... (laughs) Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Do do any of us here actually think that that theme of Maya would never actually like somebody was in the beginning and the and stayed through all throughout. Do you think that, like, for instance, in Texas, they were like... That someone was like, wait a minute, we've got this girl Maya here. Let's make her crazy. Do you That'll think be that fun. in Texas they thought that, oh, Maya's pretending to like Lucas? Well, okay, so, but even in Texas, she is confused about her feelings. So, and first, and, and first of all, you're supposed to take it as she's never, like, actively pretending. It's supposed to be subconscious. And That's not real, Yes, though. I know it's insane. I'm not saying it isn't insane. I'm just trying to clarify what I think their story is. So, but do we, so we think, like, does anyone, do you think that As far as in the real world, in the context of the writers as people. The people yeah. signing off on these things. Yes. Said, okay, right now I know it seems like it looks like this, but for realsies, this is what's happening. You think that existed even in Texas? I think, okay, the thing is, I think, I think maybe when they were writing it so that it ended in New Year's, because in Texas, she was still confused, 
And yes, they were making her insane, but if it was just happening in Texas in like a couple other episodes and she pulled the smoothie and everything, it wouldn't have been that weird. Then they drew it out for a really long ass time, making it super duper insanity to an extreme. Like, no matter what, it would have been a little insane. But if it had just been throughout Texas, she was confused. Super like, duper because, insane. Because you have to remember, you know how we talked about everybody's telling Maya what she feels? Yeah. That started even in Texas, because Maya didn't come out and say, I have feelings for Lucas. Riley said, you like Lucas. So that, like... To me, that's different. I don't think it's that different. To me, that's one of the few times that we saw things happening subtly, and then it was explained, as opposed to, here comes the the big turnaround out of nowhere. Yeah. The big sucker punch. I mean, the thing about the thing that's the biggest problem with, with Maya being being Riley or trying to protect Riley in that episode is that she and Riley reacted differently to him going and riding the bull. So she wasn't being Riley in that scene. She legitimately cared about him on her own as Maya. Yeah. Well, so, like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, I don't know. Jenna. Still didn't answer my question, but whatever. Well, what was the particular question? Do I think that they had you knew it? knew it at Texas. That yes, that was I a... did answer your question. I said that I think that they did. I think that they portrayed it wrongly. And that they drew it out really badly. You're but. a very forgiving. Soul. I'm not forgiving. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying I, I don't. I don't think it's okay that he was insane. I just think that they they had it planned and did it badly. Uh, you give them a lot of credit. <laughs> I mean, I'm still saying they did it badly. That's <laughs> a lot of credit. <laughs> All right, Jenna says. I gotta say, you guys do very well in voicing my opinion better than I can at times. I personally love Ski Lodge Part 2, but I also 1,000, per- I almost said 100, but it's a 1,000 percent agree that out of context of the rest of the show, it is spot on, and I really loved every moment of it. However, if you take in the last season leading up to it, it failed pretty miserably. They should have just dropped Josh's character from this plotline and kept this entire arc contained within a few episodes around New Year's. If they had done that, I feel like this arc could have had the potential for being very dramatic and intense and interesting and potentially even the best part of the series. But instead, it got to the point where no one ever even cared anymore. I feel like instead, they spent an, the entire first portion of Season 3, especially True Maya through Ski Log 1 and 2, just negating everything they did in Season 2. I voiced my opinion on this before... And I know younger viewers don't understand, but as a person the same age as Josh and is that Josh is supposed to be, I'm very uncomfortable with the idea of someone my age dating someone Maya's age. I always get told, "Oh, but it won't matter when he's when he's 27 and she's 24." No, it w- they're not 27 and 24 <laughs> yeah. yet. No, no. It, no, it won't. But right now, they're he he they. Well, he says they're a freshman in college, but he means he's a freshman. Oh, they're a freshman in college, and he's a freshman in high school. And that's just not something that I'm comfortable with. As a college girl, the most irritating part of the whole series was when those college girls were were battering Josh to be with Maya and Tot. Yes! (laughs) As a college girl, Keith agrees. Yes. That being said... Party! That being said, I like how Josh handled his feelings, whether or not they were existent before... For Maya and saying that they could have a possibility someday. However, we still have to remember that Josh is a college boy. Dude, bro. I honestly, here's the thing. I, I don't, uh, so I don't know, Caitlin hasn't heard all my thoughts. I personally like Josh contained into that episode. I don't like what they gave him before then, and I understand people's issues with this plotline, but I think if actually handled well, this is a conflict that's interesting. It's, it's 
controversial, but I actually think that's kind of a good thing that people have different points of view on this, right? They pick weird things to be controversial. Yeah, it is a particularly strange choice. We're going to go with polyamory and relationships that are three years apart. Those are our go-to things. Yeah, this is the hill they're going to die on is this weird (laughs) freshman and and senior, freshman and freshman dating thing. I mean, because the thing is, the actual age difference is the problem. It's the the grade difference that's the the problem. It's the place in life difference. I, I mean, look, I do think freshman and freshman do date, and that isn't unrealistic, especially given that he's saying we should wait. I, I think that, per, I personally think that what they did in this episode worked for this episode, that he that he is not going to hide it anymore, he's not going to lie and say, I don't have feelings for you, but he's also not, he's also mature enough to say, but we shouldn't do it now. He's just, he's gone so back and forth on these quote-unquote but feelings. I, I see, here's the thing, I don't think he has. I think we were supposed to take it as... Is he? He showed that he liked her in, in holidays because it was like he hadn't seen her in a while and it was a flirty thing. And then the next time he saw her, when he realized that she was like realer about it, he was like, "Well, we can't do this because that's it makes me uncomfortable." And I, I'm trying to be a good guy. And then he was the victim in taunt. Yes. And and now he just yeah. It's it. I mean, the and other now thing he's is, just been broken yeah. so much <laughs> that he's just like, "Well, that, we that, might as well." Well, that that's a good point that you you also didn't really that you, we talked about the catalyst and what's the catalyst for Riley for the triangle ending this episode, but also what is the catalyst for for Josh breaking down and saying that he likes her finally. Well, we talked about a sweating little blackmail. Yeah, <laughs> a year ago. <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't know. I, I even though I say so again, I like certain scenes and I like certain moments. I just. What gets them to that moment, I totally agree, is a major yeah. failure. We're going to have to yeah. defer to our previous podcast yeah. and move on, de- I think. Well, I just want to... Okay, go ahead. Yeah. I definitely think that it is lame that Lucas, like, didn't show anything towards, like, Josh being there. Yeah. As far as in like the context Like a murderous of, intent? It, well, like a... <laughs> jealousy, jealousy. Yeah. Well, he had he had picked Riley. He was carrying around a purple jelly bean he, for he's, weeks. He's been wearing a purple shirt for a couple <laughs> it's of It's moldy episodes. now. <laughs> I don't know. It just the it, it feels like he never liked Maya. Like in the context of Ski Lodge, yeah. I don't think ever. Yeah. Because I think he definitely did like Maya. Yeah. Like at some weird yeah. polyamorous moment. Which I also want to point out <laughs> that even that 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 I tweeted about this recently is that the jelly bean scene where he we has to choose between them is the main thing to me that what objectively proves there was a love triangle because even if Maya didn't li- didn't actually like him ever, he liked both of them and had to make a choice. Mm. You know, so like, yeah, or when he was talking to the sheep and the bull. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? But my <laughs> least favorite argument against that, that is happened. my least favorite argument against that, which I've seen people say. I forgot about that. <laughs> my least favorite argument against that is that it wasn't a triangle because he because Maya was Riley, so he was in a love triangle with Riley and Riley. So it wasn't a love triangle. You know what? <laughs> I want to stab everyone. <laughs> Next email. Okay, I'm going to read the next one. Rude. Yes. Summer, who's 18 and from Kentucky. That's KY, Kentucky. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I guess making sure. Why do we have to specify? Well, because <laughs> they, they left it at the end, so I figured okay. if they wanted to, then sure. <laughs> As a Lucaya shipper, I didn't like Ski Large Part 2. Not because my ship didn't and isn't going to happen, but because how they handled it with the whole, oh, I never liked him. They dragged the shippers through an actual mud hole and basically told us that we've been delusional an since actual the actual mud hole. A literal <laughs> mud hole. <laughs> There it is. See, I, they, are, they are delusional. They're thinking they're going through mud holes. <laughs> In my opinion, uh, they never should have done anything with Lucaya if this is how it's going to end. Actual mud hole. <laughs> 
You're good? I really like it. Seriously, are there a lot of mud holes in Kentucky? They <laughs> they could have just built onto their already strong friendship that was shaping really shaping up really well un- until the whole Texas thing happened, especially if you watch in production order. They should have just gave them a really well-developed platonic friendship like Ryarkel. Any Another thing, I'll be so mad if Maya ends up waiting around for Josh. I really want to see her in other relationships and her dynamic within them. Someone new, of course, and who won't end up in the click six because, let's be real, it's getting crowded in Topanga's. <laughs> P.S., I really love the podcast and have been listening to uh, since season one. Keep up the good work. Aww, My apologies. Thanks, Summer. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. From but Kentucky. I am sorry. Like... I'm sorry there's so many mud holes everywhere. <laughs> actual mud hole. <laughs> All right, read the Sarah one, Heath. It's an actual mud hole. But it's my turn. Oh, no, it actually isn't. It's just no, we went not. this what, direction. What's the last one I read? Oh, no, I read Jenna. Yeah. There you go. Sarah, with no H, writes in this week. last week. This is my first time emailing instead of just tweeting you. But this topic has me so heated that I just needed to vent. I wonder if this is Queen of Rider. I'm not sure. Well, you would know. You have all the... Well, the Queen of Rider is named Sarah, I'm pretty sure. But I don't know if this is the same Sarah. Because I don't think they said their Twitter handle. <laughs> Am I free to continue? Yes. <laughs> just, just musing... <laughs> The fact that Ski Lodge resorted to convincing Maya that she doesn't want a nice guy is very problematic to me, especially if you look at the previous patterns of the show being unjust to Maya. In Girl Meets Stem, to further Riley's arc, they decided to completely ignore the fact that prior to that episode, Maya was pretty much a self-proclaimed, a self-proclaimed feminist. In Girl Meets Money, they have the audacity to make Maya feel guilty about complaining about her leaky roof while simultaneously wanting you to sympathize with poor little rich boy. Fargle. Yes. I hated that too. Even though Maya may not be the poorest character on TV, especially compared to Sean, but somewhere out there, there's a kid with parents struggling to make ends meet who relates to Maya, making her feel guilty about complaining about having a leaky roof, a blanket for a makeshift curtain, and a trash bag as a Halloween costume is damaging to her and to all the kids watching who relate to her. Just because someone has it worse than you doesn't mean, doesn't in any way invalidate your emotions about the situation, especially at that age. Especially when her privileged friends can afford to just recreate her room in theirs. W2F, Farco. I hated that. And completely wreck and redo their room because it is time to grow up. Uh, they were making her feel bad about how she felt about in her situation while they were all looking down at her from their ivory towers. And Girl Meets Upstate, Riley says, Uncle Sean, my best friend is broken and you did it. I need, I need to be you because if it wasn't you, then it's me and I don't want it to me, so it needs to be you. Wow, okay. That sounds healthy and not at all manipulative and toxic. <laughs> Riley is... I mean, all of them They're really all at manipulative this point. at this point. <laughs> they're all they're, accidentally manipulative. They're all psychotic. <laughs> yep. Maya opened up to Riley about growing up with a dysfunctional family during the paint scene, and all Riley could come up with in response is implying that it would have been fun because Maya was mysterious and adventurous. Yeah, I totally agree with that, romanticizing her poor life, because it's adventurous and you're not sheltered in your middle-class lifestyle. Yeah, I also want to throw in, I had thought about this, but I forgot to mention it on the podcast, so there's the line, I forget the exact line, but, but Maya has a line to Josh about how she would never want anything Riley has. Which I was like, wait a minute. Is that supposed to put a capper on that plot line that she didn't ever actually want what Riley had and that that was her being confused or something? Or am I just reading too much into it? Yeah. I, I, don't I feel know. like it could go either way. But, More on that later. Yeah. <laughs> when, it, when it comes around, we'll get to it. Considering around. everyone wants to be a Matthews, I don't know. Yeah. 
The way Riley glamorizes and romanticizes financial issues and dysfunctional families and views them as just edgy is problematic and unhealthy. Absent fathers in leaky roofs are not an adventure when you're a child and all you want is stability. Uh, oh, I, I think that's a little bit unfair. What? I don't know that he sees her her lack of... I think Farkle romanticized it, but I don't think that the, the reason why Riley looks up to Maya is because he has no father and that he has a leaky there roof. Are, there are certainly key points where the dialogue points to that, but I think overall that's not the case. I, I mean, I think it's, well, it's that he, he admires who, who Maya is. But, she, but she's oversimplifying Maya and Maya's life and where she's coming from because yeah. a lot of Maya's character, if not all of it, is due to the fact that she's grown up this way and she yeah. had to become who she is because of the harder lifestyle yeah. that she but had. That particular... And Riley, who should know that, since she's known her since she was at least four or five, yeah. should understand that completely and should have seen all of that develop. But I also think that that's... I mean, it's hard to talk about this because they're characters and not real people. But if, like, even if you said that about a real person, I would be like, real. "Well, you know what? Maya's isn't just who she is because of her situation. He he has her own personality, and the fact that she's spontaneous and takes risks doesn't necessarily have to do with her upbringing, and that can still be something that Riley admires in her." Uh, you know, like, well, at, at its best, maybe, but I do think that particular example of the paint scene where yeah. she makes uh, Riley makes that comment, I think, does point to the oversimplification being true. Yeah, at least in that moment. Yeah, uh, but let us um, move forward. Yeah, Riley's "I brought you back to exactly where I needed you to be" in "Girl Meets Trumai is the most troubling to me. Like, where is that exactly, Riley? Always ten steps behind you so you can feel better about yourself? I find a lot of patterns of Riley wanting Maya just as the poor and delinquent friend who is there to emphasize Riley's goodness and to boost her ego. It's almost like Riley is afraid she has plateaued, so she is doing everything in her power to hold Maya back. It's leaving a bitter taste in my mouth as Relia Shipper because I don't want Maya to be with someone who doesn't want the best for her. And I'm done giving Riley a pass because of Rowan's great acting. Seriously, 10 out of 10. <laughs> Since Feeny seems to be the only sane person in this universe, I need well, him... Here, I, I should point yeah. out, Riley is insane. She, she wants the best for Maya. She just doesn't understand what she's doing because she's insane. She, think, she thinks she's doing the best for Maya. She, it's the same thing at Maya. They're both insane. They both think they're protecting the other person or saving the other person, but they're doing it in ridiculous, insane ways. I'm going to save you by making sure that you keep getting bad grades. Yep. <laughs> because that's who you're supposed to be, because that's who you are. And I don't want you to be me. I want you to be you. Well, and also, just think about it in this context. They probably didn't take languages in middle school. Yeah. So this is, like, Riley's first uh, encounter with Maya, like, ha being comfortable in Spanish, having yeah. a, like having this talent. Yeah. I, I mean, pass. the themes of... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> this, the, the themes of the creating a problem that doesn't make sense, to solve it in a way that doesn't make sense, and all those kind of things aside. It's Girl Meets World. Yeah. And so... Since Feeney. <laughs> Since Feeney seems to be the only sane person in this universe, I need him to sit Riley down and talk some sense into her. Being this controlling, selfish, and manipulative is not right, no matter what your intentions are. Uh, it's all made worse for me by Girl Meets Ski Lodge continuing the trend of literally everyone telling Maya how she's supposed to feel and controlling her emotions. The implication that Maya being with Lucas will bring out the worst in him, leading her to be forced to believe she doesn't want a nice guy is just plain horrible. Maya Hart deserves to grow and to be successful just as much as Riley and everyone else in her group of friends. Yes. 
Um, I, I want to say this. Again, I feel like that line was a poor choice of words. Because I don't think that line, what, what that line sounds like is what they actually intended it to mean. Because I do think it is supposed to be connected with her the moment of her dumping the smoothie on his head. That he doesn't want a nice guy in the meaning of nice and isn't too nice and overly sappy of I'm going to talk about my horse breeding abilities. Like, I, I don't think it's supposed to mean... Someone I she can have a banter with. Yeah. Level 15 yeah. horse breeder. Well, because, well, that's what they because, were because, before. Well, no, because here's the thing is that she, because she likes Josh and Josh is a nice guy. He's just not a overly... Yeah, he doesn't let two middle school girls yeah. walk the streets <laughs> in New York at night. Yeah, so like... So He's she, a catch. She clearly, she clearly wants a nice guy. She just doesn't want a sappy... I'm gonna narrate my life and talk about how it's, it's we're it's too we're in seventh grade, so we're not ready for this yet, and blah blah blah. And I love horses, and no, she wants somebody who, oh, I'm the youngest child, so I watch you and I know you more than anybody else, and I'm telling you how you feel, kind of guy. I mean, the youngest so child thing, different. the youngest child thing makes sense. Fine, if they showed it, <laughs> you're so angry. <laughs> it's I... just as narrating. It's not just his narrative. It Get makes sense. Here. Move on. Somebody read the next one. Because he actually has a long... Ter- Unlike Lucas saying, you're better than that, <laughs> having no context of actually knowing that. <laughs> That's jo- season one, though. Yes, but jo- jo- Josh actually knows her and has been knowing, knowing her since he was a very young girl. Why are they all supposed to be, like, th- weird therapists? <laughs> Everyone in this show is a weird therapist. I don't know. Here's the thing. I, next a, email. Next no, 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 email. No, 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 sorry. No, the point is to talk about the emails. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think that, the, honestly, I think that Josh is one of the few characters where I thought it made sense for him to be a weird therapist because he is older. He is looking at these people with younger drama. And like, come on. Sean, if anyone. Well, Sean too. Sean, sure. But I, I also feel like... Give them all degrees. But think about, like, think about if you, when you are a college freshman and you talk to call the high school freshmen and you do, you know them better than they know themselves because you've been through this stuff and you remember what those feelings are like. I think that that makes a lot more sense than, than Lucas narrating his life. Uh, you know, it's... But, yeah. And then Lucas opened the book to page 42. Hello, everyone. My name is Kem, and I'm from New York. Love the Hi, podcast. Kim. Glad to have a podcast that provides analysis for Girl Meets World. I really enjoyed Girl Meets Ski Lodge Part 2. I, too... Have to think it's of it not in the context of Maya was being Riley so she could make Lucas make sure Lucas was right for Riley because that just sounds crazy. I decided yeah. to enjoy yeah, the episode. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to enjoy the episode for the interactions between the characters and for the fact that the triangle is finally over. This is what I did and I really enjoyed the episode. Um, I think the I think that the last Riley and Lucas scene was so adorable, especially the part about the sandwich cake and and lie and tying it all back to this being Lucas's moment. To the people who think Lucas was feeling sad in that scene and the only and only chose Riley because Maya said so, that would be mean that Lucas should have been car- that would mean that Lucas would have been carrying a different colored jelly bean in, in a ring box in his bag because he used purple to represent Riley in the scale experiment. Also, when Ry- I'm I hope that made some sense because I read it badly, but you know what I mean. That he, ca- a, he carried he carried the a purple. Funny bean. Idea. He would have had a yellow jelly bean. <laughs> yes. He would have just been still deciding between I, them. I believe, and his moment would have been with a jelly bean no matter which one. I girl. believe Nan told me that the Lucaya colors are green and gray and the <laughs> and the Rucus colors are blue and purple. Are there banners? Literally, what the hell does that mean? Are there flags? He, and w- when it's when it's a Lucaya moment, he often wore green and grayish colors. And when there was a Rucus moment, he often wore blue or purple. 
Um, also, when Maya jump off a building. <laughs> also, when Maya was testing Lucas out by saying that Lucas chose her, he kept saying "uh uh" because he knew it wasn't that choice that he wanted. I wish Lucas would have just told them that weeks ago. Don't we all? I'm not usually into Josh and Maya, but I thought their scenes were cute. I wish they had had more scenes to build up to that. Like up to that, I like you too. But it, but I did believe Josh when he said it because of their chemistry that the, those two actors have. Also, I think Josh explicitly st- states that each character will live their own lives, but be there for each other. So Maya and Josh still have freedom to date whoever they want. Glad to be free of the drama of the triangle and can't wait to have some episodes focused on other things like Farkle and Zay and actually get to see Lucas and Riley have a romantic relationship with each other. Hopefully a kiss. Anyways, thanks for reading my email. Have a great day. Also, this email feels like I wrote it myself. <laughs> it's basically everything they said I totally agree with. Very suspicious. <laughs> Becca. Becca. Hi, Becca. I think this is Bumble Becca on Twitter. Oh, that's so cute! Is that real? Oh, I like that handle. Anyways, alright, Becca says, Hi, here are my thoughts on Ski Lodge Part 2. This episode has me feeling a lot of conflicting emotions. Yeah, that's one way to put it. (laughs) I think that out of context, it was a great episode. Grading it, I give it a B. However, I give the entire triangle slash identity cross arc a D minus. I agree! I give it an F. (laughs) The Rukas slash Joshia stuff. Wow, that's kind of hard to say. (laughs) Joshia stuff was cute. This coming from a Lukaya shipper. I think the dialogue and interaction between each of the characters I just like to reiterate, I hate ship names. (laughs) I've I've really tried to use them because it's easier on the podcast. Yeah. But I hate ship names. They sound so stupid. I like it. It's fun. It's confusing. It's not confusing. It's overused. It's, oh, okay. I'll it's that. linguistically confusing. <laughs> oh, to, to the palate. To the linguistic palate, it is confusing. Although totally on board with Momo. Momo. Get, go, moving on. <laughs> I think the dialogue and interaction between each of the characters was great. I am also thrilled, all caps, that the non-question mark triangle died. It has been so long and so drawn out. I think that they did the best that they could, given that... The writers didn't want to fight between the girls and for there to be no ambiguity in Lucas's decision. Also, the Raya stuff at the end was adorable. How are they not canon yet? Raya! Raya! <laughs> Anyways. However, I think that the episode was extremely flawed in, in, in a classic GMW logic. <laughs> it's flawed in exactly the way you'd expect. <laughs> You're better than that. Oh my god. I love you, Becca. Please keep going. Anyways. The whole I mean, I- you're the one reading. You're the one keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I just want her to write in more. Anyways, the whole identity crisis was a fiasco. Are we supposed to believe that this whole situation was caused by Maya turning into Riley? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So, pre- so pretending for a minute that turning into your best friend is plausible, I have a few questions. Oh boy, this should be interesting. <laughs> First, when did Maya even start "quote unquote" becoming Riley? Before that, that sounds so creepy. Yeah. Before this episode, I thought it had been that triangle that bro- "quote unquote" broke Maya, and she started turning into Riley probably around Legacy. But if we are to believe Maya never liked Lucas, then it's clear that she had to start turning into Riley pre-Texas, so probably around yearbook when she dressed up as Riley. That's a long time for someone to turn into another human being for no one to notice. My metamorphosis is complete. Including herself. Um, I'm pretty sure Maya was just maturing instead of turning into Riley, i.e. getting good grades, having hope, not starting classroom rebellions. But that's a whole other kettle of fish. (laughs) Um... 
kettle of fish. More importantly, do not t- don't say anything bad about Becca. <laughs> Becca's my girl. She's a bumble. Anyways, more importantly, do not tell me that neither of them had feelings for each other, especially after the infamous campfire scene in Texas 2 and the flirting that has constantly been shown throughout the series. We're talking about Lucas Maya and, and Maya. Riley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even if Maya was adapting the characteristics of Riley, how is it even possible for someone to think that they're like someone but not actually like them? That they they like someone. Oh, sorry. That they like someone but not actually like them because they were subconsciously trying to protect their best friend but instead caused a lot of pain and angst. How the hell does anyone describe Girl Meets World to someone that hasn't seen (laughs) it? I'm going to pause for one second and say, I think half of that sentence makes sense. And that being that... Which half? The, the half of... Which half? If you leave off the to protect a friend, then, like, there are plenty of times where you, you strongly think you like someone and then realize that you were confused or the situation was a certain way and that maybe you were really lonely or you thought you were looking for something that you weren't. Like, that that's not unrealistic. That's different oh. than becoming somebody else yes. and then liking what they like, though. Yes, I, 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 that's why I'm saying part of the sentence part of the storyline could have made sense. Well, yeah, the, the least yeah. operative part yes. of it. <laughs> Anyways, I think we all have to realize that Girl Meets World is not a, like a reality sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> and it is a... It's very surrealist. It's, yes, it's something else. That's a word. That's one word. <laughs> back to Becca. Anyways, I could... I like the sound of back to Becca. Moving mm-hmm. on. Anyways, I could probably That'd talk about... That'd be a good, like, podcast, actually. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> Becca, get in on that. <laughs> Anyways, I could probably talk about the flawed logic that GMW has presented us with for hours. You mean like we do? <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to end off with saying that I look forward to seeing what they do with Rukus now that they are an official couple. How fun would a double date episode with Smarkle be? And I hope that we can get back on track with the show providing real life lessons that kids can actually relate to. When did they do or that? Fake ones. They <laughs> did that. <laughs> <You're so laughs> I know, and I enjoy that. <laughs> Unless people actually turn into their best friends and cause fake love triangles because of it, because if that's happened, boy, would I look stupid. <laughs> I um, love Becca. Or Becca. To, okay, so I, I'm, I'm thinking about this back to Becca thing, right? Back so to Becca. It, it, it can, it, it's like Clarissa explains yeah, it. All. Exactly. It, what it could be is it's a sitcom. I like it, that you're, it, you're as, picking as a blog. No, no, it's a sitcom in which it's something like iCarly or whatever. They have they have a podcast or they have a yeah. radio show. and But it's also, it's double meaning. It's that she is also self centered and has to learn to come out of that because she's always, she always wants to be back to her. Mm-hmm. And she always wants it to be about her. We're not saying this about you, Becca. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Maria writes in this week. This is Maria Meets World, I believe. How happy are you that the triangle is dead? At least seven happy. At least seven happy. I am so beyond happy that the triangle is dead. The tri- beyond seven? <laughs> the triangle. Like eight and a half happy? <laughs> Maybe. Let us know the exact quantity. Maybe even 8.75. The triangle yes. should have ended last season. Actually, the triangle should have ended before Boy Meets World even started. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That was so loud. I'm sorry. Right but they're right. Anyway, I thought Josh and Maya's moment was really cute. It was a really mature way for them to handle their situation. Major props to the writers for that plotline. Major also, props? <laughs> also, I had I had never really seen Smackle and Farkle as a good couple until now. I liked Smackle I and liked Farkle. I liked that. I that really liked the hug. Because yeah. that was... I, I mean, like, I can't fully comment, but it felt realistic. Yeah, it felt... I can't... I, like I said, like, I don't... I don't know anyone um, who is on the spectrum. Yeah. Or deals with that stuff. So I can't... 
uh, attest to it, but like it for the knowledge that I have and the knowledge mm. that GMW provides, <laughs> which they used to do a better job, mm. uh, it felt good. Yeah, and I think there's a bunch of good things about it, because I think, A, it's great that they're showing that that relationship can work and that someone mm. in that position can have a healthy relationship. Yeah. And, and B, I, I like that it's kind of developing in the background. They're Save not, me, Lucas. They're, they're not our main characters, you know? And so I don't I don't need to see every step of the relationship, but I like these little hints of it growing in mm-hmm. the background. Okay. Communication. It, it always just seemed fake and forced because they're very similar people. However, I started to see some development this episode. It made me so happy to see them talking about all their conversations and their trust. I know it wasn't a... It wasn't a lot, but it was cute and gave the relationship some substance. Sorry, this is long. Side. Everybody's so, so sorry that they have long emails, but they write them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff writes in this week. This is at Looney underscore Tunes writes in this week. Why, hello there. Long time listener, sixth or seventh time caller. <laughs> anyway. Hi. I'll say one good thing before I get into it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the sass is so strong with all of these emails. I love you all. I am so glad this tri-cornered isosceles figure is now dead and buried, and I hope they, <laughs> I hope they use a good casket so its a corpse doesn't try to rise from the grave and gnaw on any more of my brains. <laughs> I need a moment. Please don't go on. <laughs> okay, keep going. Now on to the episode. I. <laughs> I've seen a lot back of people. <laughs> I've seen a lot of p- people say Ski Lodge Part Two makes things make sense, and I must know: were they watching a totally different show than me? I think they were. <laughs> this episode, oh, I think they were, Cliff. Make this episode makes the least sense of anything ever. Anything ever. <laughs> the worst part is they could have made this Maya becomes Riley storyline at least make some sense and slightly more compelling. At- at least twice, back in Upstate when she was complaining about how Riley has a great life and never has to worry about waking up with her father gone, and that would have been a great direction to take it. However, Riley bulldozed right over that and just started talking about how she needs Maya to be exactly how she wants to, her to be. Their second chance to save this arc would have been having Maya actually do the bad thing in true Maya and blame <laughs> Riley for trying to, cal- to calibrate her to exactly how she needs her to be, as if she was some malfunctioning robot. Uh, and, you know, that will be uh, explored thoroughly in Robot Meets World. <laughs> and when Officer, not Carl Winslow, brought up her to the Matthews for some reason, they could have had a falling out and explored the consequences of Riley trying to manipulate Maya like a Muppet to act only as she deemed fit. But of course, they had to make Riley right, and that didn't happen. My biggest problem with this arc is, when did it start? What's the supposed ignition point of Maya becoming Riley? It can't possibly be when Sean bought her clothes because she was definitely not acting like Riley then, except maybe she now had an older male figure to look up to. Uh, That's her own and not Corey. So I don't at all understand the reason for Riley making her give up her clothes, especially after Meets Money when she explicitly talks about how much she appreciates them. It doesn't make a lick of sense to me. Uh, for it to be in Texas, which I always found to be a bit of a goofy escalation in the first place from the, I I don't want him to get hurt on this super dangerous bull, so you must totally like him. (laughs) 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 And on top of that, she was actively acting completely different from Riley in those episodes. And even if we were to believe that Maya was trying in some bizarre way to protect Riley, why would she do so by going out on a date with the boy Riley likes? Uh, that flies in the face of any and all logic, especially the part where she goes in too deep and needs to be rescued from dating him herself. 
that'd be an ins- that'd be as insane as marrying your best friend's fiance only t- because you want to kick the tires first. I also hate how the last couple what? he's kicked like, the tires test like it. test it out, you know. Oh. Yeah. I, test the waters. Yeah. I also hate how the last couple stops on this insane drive, Riley kept going back to, but Maya, do you still like Lucas? But how about you, Maya? You still like Lucas? Yes. Well, now, do you still like Lucas? Thank Riley's you. entire motivation <laughs> feels like her trying to force Maya into not liking Lucas. The show has a bad habit of... Even though they like to praise Riley for yeah. stepping out of the way for Maya. <laughs> the show has a bad habit of having characters say something loud enough, and then it becomes true. And then they give an example. Get ready for the example. Actually, Keith, do you want to be Maya and I'll be Riley? I'll be Maya? Yes. Okay. Um, Maya, do you like Lucas? I guess I do now. Maya, you're becoming just like me. I guess I am now. Maya, your clothes are the problem. Get rid okay. of them. <laughs> Maya, you're, you, you only like Lucas because you're acting like me, and he only likes you because you're acting like me. You're right. I don't like him now, and I never did. Thanks for making me see the light. Ha! This arc is equivalent to the I writer. have to go home. <laughs> This I have to is... go so far home. Okay, start your rap again. <laughs> I don't even remember it. <laughs> the arc is equivalent to the writers writing themselves into a corner, getting nervous, and shouting, look over there, and then speeding off in their cars when everyone's <laughs> distracted. Oh my goodness. I, that's a pretty uh, solid... Oh, I like the bird thing. From your friend Looney Tunes on Twitter. Oh boy. I love all of you. Alright, so this next one is super long, so why don't we read the one after it real quick first, and then we'll go back to so it. Why did you make this I am sorry. I I tried. This one is so long. May, you wrote a really long email. I love you, but my god, woman. Um, <laughs> all right. Good lord, woman! Is this oh, May man. is? No, this is M. Robley. This is May was. Alright. There's so many people. All right. I love all We're going to read Blah Blah's email. <laughs> Blah Blah says, Do you think if MJ and the others didn't know this was going to be the last season, and it turns out it is, that they could have wrapped everything up properly in its finale? or no. is Or is the show just going to end and we're going to have lots of unresolved stories? Will we ever know if MJ planned or pos- uh, planned on possibly having Maya and Riley be the endgame? Watch the pilot after all, thanks. <laughs> all those questions in a row just sounded like a really, like, epic, dramatic, like, question segment of, like, Dragon Ball Z or tune in next week. And here's the thing. I, I do think, given how fin- the- it's Red's called Girl Meets Goodbye, I-, I think that even, I think they're planning for it to be the end, even if it isn't the end. So Spoilers I- I- alert. Check yeah. out the YouTube videos. Yes. All right, Keith, read Amanda's email. Ahem. Amanda writes in. Today. Sometime between last week today. and now. Keep growing today. You knew that. Oh. <laughs> You're better than this. <laughs> that's, that's like the ultimate catchphrase I took away from this show. <laughs> it's all the pilot. I have one question. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> all right, come on. We're blowing up the levels like insanely. You're like blowing up my phone. Phone. Amanda at, writes in a few at, hours ago. At GMW Buzz. Ski Lodge, Part 1. I found very enjoyable and a great setup for Part 2. Overall, I thought that Ski Lodge Part 2, judging it independently from the arc, was very well crafted and true to the characters. This is an example of... This is an episode. This is an... (laughs) This is an episode I can watch on repeat and find new things to like about it each time. While I'm not the biggest Josh Aya fan, I loved the hand-holding reveal and found their scenes together to be a good starting point to what may happen with them in the future. Whether it is bad or good, Lucas and Riley's chemistry was adorable and I'm looking forward to see how that progresses. I also thought Evan was used well. 
Not a hateable villain like Lauren, and was really the catalyst to ending this non-triangle. I didn't find it necessary that he was Lauren's son, because we had the great Lauren joke in part one, but I guess that's how... that's something pretty minor. How fantastic was the directing in part two? The set was used incredibly well, I liked watching the characters walk by certain conversations, I liked how everyone ended up talking with different people in different combinations, similar to Girl Meets Belief and it all felt very natural and believable. The transition of Riley and Maya going to the bay window, the music included, was a very meta and fun to watch. So, with that said, do you think that the ends justify the means? Assuming we're in agreement that it ended well and the best it possibly could have, I ask this because, to me, this is how the writers think. They may not be happy with how they got there, but at least they got there. Do you think this arc worked? Well, why don't we answer part number one? So yeah, yeah we're, you guys aren't in agreement. Yeah. You aren't in agreement that it ended well. I, I I think that it ended well. I but I don't think the end is justifying the means. I think that it you know the arc is is awful. But I, I think that there's a lot of good stuff in in Skilag Two. I think there's a lot of great humor in Skilag Two. I think the Rukas moments is great. I like the Josh Eye stuff. So to me, whatever, dude. I can div- to me the reveals. You can numb yourself. No, the, the reveals to me are, are a problem of the arc, because that was the plan of the arc. They're not a problem of the particular episode. And so those parts, I have an issue with the arc and with the reveal of the insanity, but aside from the insanity, I like the episode. Yeah, I would say not only do the ends not justify the means, I think that in this case, only some of the ends were effective. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can agree with that. Do you think this arc works better at the surface, slash, as a basic viewer? We have a slight biases for the show because of how closely we follow the show on social media, etc., and have a different level of expectations for how everything will pan out. For example, trying to remove any bias, I can see how it would be hard to believe that Lucas picked Riley even if it was Riley all along. And if you go back to his reasons for liking Maya, they actually have nothing to do with her becoming Riley. Does he like her when she calls him Huckleberry, or doesn't he? Yeah, I, I mean, I have no idea. I, I, I would only. I don't have the answer to that. Does he? I, who knows? And I, I don't. And no, I, no one does. Lucas doesn't. Maya certainly doesn't. But, Riley probably does because she's God. <laughs> but the bigger question was: Do you think this works better or worse if you're a casual viewer? Uh, I mean, I think That's if you're a hard question, I, it's hard to know. I mean, I, I assume if you're a casual viewer. That you don't care as much about the issues. Let's not use the word casual. Let's use the word unscrupulous. Unscrupulous. Okay. I mean, I think if you're an unscrupulous viewer, that you uh, you might like it more because you might be able to just like the romance of the Josh moments. You might be able to like the romance of the Rukas moments. Yes. Uh, but you might not. You might be like, oh, it doesn't make sense, and just be like, whatever. As opposed to let's talk about it for two hours. Yeah. What even happened in season two, aside from just <laughs> waiting for season three to start after Texas? There were 31 episodes, and somehow there wasn't any time to address simple cont- uh, continuity issues. Now, my opinion on how some of the lengthiness of this arc could have been resolved, and please add on any additional thoughts. Air season two in order. This has been discussed before, but it would be a much better progression of Lucas picking Riley and not wanting to hurt Maya. What he says to her in Texas about really appreciating her support and how he wouldn't have survived New York City without her, the jealousy over Charlie and New Year, etc., were really strong, showing not telling moments, and would have been a good build-up to Lucas' jealousy in Ski Lodge. They should have saved Bay Window for Season 3, slash not let it happen in the first place. This was a valuable time in Season 2 that we could have seen Maya thinking about Josh and also would create one less episode in the way of ending this arc. 
could also have made Dromates High School only one episode and then go zero. <laughs> right into Triangle slash Upstate slash Jeremiah, etc. This reduces the arc by over three episodes if we include Bay Window, which would have been made a world of difference. Permanent Record could have aired at any time, and arguably Jessica could have also. Uh, a lot had to do with impressing Lucas, but it could have also been portrayed as an insecurity while they were dating. Looking forward to the podcast. P.S. My blog is coming, I promise. Alright, so, I mean, my biggest thing, too, is if they were going to do this revelation that she thought she was protecting Riley or whatever, if they were going to do it, I think the, which, I mean, I don't think they should have, but if they were going to, I think the best way they could have done it, especially when Josh wasn't around, was to make it as short as possible, have Sean be the one to realize it and see himself in Maya and what she was doing, and, and tell her why it was wrong and why she needs to stop. I, I will never buy any situation yeah. where she accidentally, without realizing, became her best friend to like a boy that she liked to see if he was any good. And not realize yeah. it. I will never yeah. buy that. No matter yeah, who, she, okay, no so, matter who yes. realized it and told her, yeah. hey, Maya, this is what you're doing this time, yeah. I will never okay, buy so, that. So then the other shift I would have done is what I've talked about before, which is have it be more about her subconsciously sabotaging the relationship because she's afraid of losing Riley to Lucas. Which I think Even would make... Then, I, I, that's be, a little ridiculous, be but I... so much subconsciousness in that. It has to be fairly active subconsciousness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it has to be her, like, making a mistake and and asking for forgiveness. Because it's okay for her to make a mistake. She, she can be wrong and learn that she's wrong. You know, like... It's much better so, for a character to make a mistake yeah. unless the sh- uh, other than the show making a mistake. Yeah. Brianna writes in some point... Between last week and now. Yes. I'm a long-time listener. Oh, do you want to read it? No, I just don't know oh, yeah. where we are. <laughs> I'm a long-time listener, first-time emailer. I'm starting listen- I started listening to your podcast after yearbook and have since listened to all of these all the episodes. Some twice. Aw. That was Why? a mistake. <laughs> I really appreciate Why? what you guys do. I'm a long-time Boy Meets World fan. Before I started listening to your podcast, I liked watching Girl Meets World. Oh, my God. <laughs> But since then, I've learned to look at everything differently and be more critical. I'm and, sorry. And I even like Girl Meets, more, Girl Meets World more now, oh. except maybe for the whole triangle thing. So thanks. <laughs> That's not, that did not take the turn I thought this it was This is an interesting to. roller coaster of a paragraph. I'm glad you like it more. I'm glad you like our podcast. Anyway, here are my thoughts on Skilage 1 and 2. I had a lot of fun with these episodes, even though I've been really annoyed with the triangle stuff. I was able to enjoy them as I kind of took them out of context. I enjoyed the comedy... Seems like the only way people enjoy this episode. Yes. I enjoyed the comedy a lot, especially in part one. I loved Corey's nature talk, and I also liked the movies. Zay was really good, and I thought it was hilarious when they shot him with the Nerf gun. Lucas's facial expressions and general demeanor were hilarious, too. In part two, I liked how everyone responded with, No, don't do that to Evan when he told them about the Sherpa thing. And they're referring to Lucas as an insecure Western hero. In is in parentheses. Um, I haven't really shipped anyone throughout the series. I've just been along for the ride. I will say that I did enjoy the Maya, Josh, and Riley Lucas romantic scenes in part two. I thought it was really cute that Maya was holding Josh's hand the whole time. And when she said, say it again, say it 50 times, say it in French. And when Riley asked Lucas about going to the dances and the sandwich and Lucas adding cake... Um, cause cake is great. Side note, why didn't they kiss? Cake really is great, though. I do want to break in for a moment and talk about the whole out-of-context thing. Yeah. Because what that really does speak to this episode is, to me, that's the equivalent of saying to to the people that make it, you know, Yeah. I, I've made this painting, okay? Yeah. How do you think of it? 
well, if I close one eye and squint a little, yeah, it's pretty okay. I think that it's it, that's how I kind of feel like if you have to do that to like it, what is it as I mean, a product? I mean, I don't know. It's, I, I think that... No one knows. No, I don't think it is that. I don't think that's a fair analogy because I think the point is that this is a... This is a long-term serialized product, and so we are admitting that the long-term serialized art is flawed, but that doesn't mean that pieces of the serialized product can't work. Mm, cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> and so I think that, that yes, we can admit, we can admit that the, it's lesser than the sum of its parts, I think we can admit. And because I, that's the thing is, I think even with, even looking back, I still enjoy the parts of Texas and Legacy and New, and New Year, and I still enjoyed... You know, parts of Ski Log, and but it's but but together episode. the greater. I mean, but you could technically couldn't you technically now say the same thing about Texas? That that in the context, it's it's a bunch of. B- but you but you could rewalk it and choose to ignore what it the, became the and say it was still is, a good episode. The problem is that context evolves chronologically. Yeah, retroactive context is different. Okay, so that the context is what we learn building up to it as we saw it. Yeah, as opposed to. The context isn't this looking backwards. Mm-hmm. That is a canon that they've applied and they want us to do that. Yeah. But that's not how it works. You know yeah. what I mean? So that doesn't fall into that category. Well, okay. But either way, so what, what people are actually saying is I w- we, we liked pieces of it. Yeah. And, and I think that, that, that makes that's totally fine. If there's a complex painting and over here there's some stuff that's really beautiful and meaningful and means a lot, but then over here is a bunch of that we hate, that doesn't mean that we can't enjoy the pieces that are really great and that that, that part has some great artistry in it even if the whole painting doesn't. It kind of does, though. I mean, in your opinion, that doesn't... That's that's You can choose to... I mean, in general, with art, I can, I can watch a, a piece of... A fiction and go now that I've studied art and you know that I've studied film or whatever I see problematic representation in this film and point out that problem and talk about that problem and still enjoy the film for all the other millions of things that go go on in it you know it's it's the same thing there's a lot there's more to that episode than just the insanity there's a lot of other good moments there's great comedy there's good romance there's a lot of great acting, great directing, great lighting, great costuming. It's not just one thing. Yeah, and I don't argue that. What I, I'm saying is, what is the defining thing about it? The whole point of the episode was the triangle aspect of it. That was their peak art form at the time. That is what they put all their energy in saying, this is the best we can do about this. This is the episode to be the finale of this very long, arduous thing. Yeah. And if that is what becomes the thing where, like, gee, if I close one eye and squint, it's okay, that's a serious fatal issue. I mean, yes, but that, but I don't... So, but what is your actual point? That. Because, which is what? That people aren't allowed to turn no, 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 their close no, no, one no, eye? That is telling, it's yes. very telling yes. that so many comments have, have been out of context, it's yeah. okay. I yeah. liked it out of context. Yeah. Which means you can which enjoy means it... that overall, objectively, it failed. You can enjoy it as a poem, yeah. but not as a narrative. Yeah, I do think honestly, objectively, it failed. The the episode failed. That doesn't mean over in the context, right? In the in the context, objectively, it failed. I you can still love pieces of it, which is what I do. I loved a lot of pieces of it. And I think there are great moments in within there. But yes, overall, I I don't think you can make an argument that this arc makes sense. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. Should we re- read May's email? Now? No, I'm not done with this email. Oh, oops. What a job. <laughs> Sorry, Brianna. 
It's 3 a.m., guys. Yay! <laughs> All that said, I like these romantic moments when taken out of context. I really hate the whole journey to this point. How could Maya become Riley and then proceed to test out Lucas for her by liking him herself, but not acting like him, and then not know that she is supposedly doing any of this? And it's all, it's all to protect Riley. And that Josh said, what a great way to see if he's good enough for your best friend. What? It really annoys me. What? One more time. What? Okay, Stop right. it. <laughs> it really it really annoys me that this problem even existed. It's weird, right? Yes, it's weird. Confirmed. No one's <laughs> buying it, writers. Confirmed. Michael, you're wrong, Michael Jacobs. I'm anxious to see where they go from here, as hopefully we'll, we're past all that. While I enjoyed this episode on its own, taken out of context, I don't think it was worth it to go through everything to get to this point. Okay, so I'm going to skip Papes and Nan's emails because they both said that I could if I needed to. This email comes from May, who writes in sometime between last week and now. So, part one, I think, the first time I watched it, I kind of got bored until the humor kicked in. And the movies, but besides that, nothing on the surface happens in part one. And then I thought about it more carefully and listened to what they really said. Part 1 seems a lot better when you really think about the clues and the meta and subtext within it. Um, In regards to Maya saying to Lucas, Hey, Boeing has nothing to do with this. He's just a fantasy. You don't date a fantasy. You only think about it all the time. It was kind of weird how Josh did not uh, acknowledge or even talk to Maya of all of Part 1. It didn't seem to him like she existed at all. Okay, so Farkle and Smackle. I'm having some issues with them lately. Smackle seems to be flirting a lot. And you can tell that it upsets Farkle, which it should. She always flirted with Lucas, but now with Zay and Josh too. The worst part is when Farkle was in danger. She didn't seem to be concerned at all about his safety since she was flirting with Lucas every chance she got. I also really hate how some people use the excuse that it's okay for her to do this because of her condition, which seems that is what they're doing. Okay, wait, pause. pause. So... I don't know enough about this, but I do think this is a complicated thing because I actually do think the flirting is meant to be an example of her condition. That it's supposed to be that she has no filter and that she is socially awkward and doesn't know better than to do that, which is why she has to be reminded constantly by Farkle that that's not okay. Now, be- seems a strange choice to make if that is the case. It seems like a, an interesting, a, a potentially problematic thing to be making such a joke out of it. Mm-hmm. Um... But I do think that that is true that people often have... Because, okay, so, so if we just take it as, in a relationship, it's, there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with her finding other boys attractive. She just usually wouldn't say it out loud. And, the and idea, usually not while Farkle is dying. Yes. Um, and I think the idea here is that she doesn't have a filter and doesn't is missing the social cues and doesn't realize that she shouldn't be doing that and that Farkle understands that this is part of who she is and yes, it upsets him, but he accepts that that he doesn't mean anything badly by it. That is certainly something we'll just have to keep an eye out for yeah. moving forward as we cannot really yeah. too much counter that right yeah. now. Uh, if people want to write in who know more about the condition and want to counter or help our argument, whatever, let us know. Now, Lucas and Maya. There's a lot to say about their relationship in this episode, not even in the movie sequence. First, the parallel between how Maya got really upset when Lucas could potentially get hurt in Texas to now when Maya could have gotten hurt and Lucas getting upset. The dramatic irony in this scene is how the only thing Maya thinks Lucas likes about her is when they tangle. But in the last how many episodes it said so many different ways, and may I say realistic reasons, to why he likes her, but it was never she was never there to hear it. 
The movie sequence. I don't know what she's talking about, to be honest. The jelly bean scene, he talks about he, what he likes about her, so Maya doesn't realize what it is that he likes but about what her. But what, what are the big things that he says about her in the jelly bean sequence? That she's a... Assertive? She's a spitfire. I don't know. I don't know. There, are, there are things, but I don't. Yeah, know. I just, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I've Either way, he picked Riley in that scene, so I've tuned out in this arc. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, she does make his cowboy heart go clippity clop. <laughs> I like that. That was great. The movie sequence. Both Maya's and Riley's movies were ridiculous, but there are key things in them that are very different. Even though Maya's perspective of love being breaking the rules and having adventures. And O'Reilly being unrealistic, perfect love, Lucas seemed more like himself and Maya's from him being cautious of Maya's safety to being kind of goofy and dorky when trying to get into the cat club and him still being his normal Huckleberry self. Maya even said he always goes by the rules, but she is the one who breaks them. She's half right on that. That's how Maya and Lucas's dynamic was in season one, which seems where, which seems where Maya's state of thinking is right now, to be honest. Alone with that, the issues in the real world still exist, unlike Riley's, how Smackle still flirts with Lucas and how there's issues between them. Also, how even though Maya still fancies Josh and he's a billionaire, she still picks Lucas over him. Uh, she doesn't choose Lucas over him. She accepts that he can't be with him and, and uses Lucas as a default. Also, the other realistic thing is that Riley and Lucas have a nice connection in that movie, too. <laughs> so, I don't know. And when Riley takes over Maya's movie, Maya and Lucas's dynamic is still occurring. The teasing, but everything else is flipped. Riley thinks her best friend would destroy the world and Lucas would always go for Riley and that Maya would never have a relationship and it's been shown in Girl Meets Jessica that Riley has thought it before. But the thing that is very interesting about this is that Maya is called the bomb and in true Maya she was supposed to explode and didn't. And that there was a literal bomb that she started that could have been prevented if they had only cut the red wire if they had only listened to josh riley's movie was so blah lucas acted nothing like himself it literally went like the time they met and they were instantly in love no story just in love perfect love like this does not exist and i feel like that's going to hit riley hard when she figures it out smackle and frackle seemed fine together unlike in maya's uh, but the key thing in this movie is, no matter what happened, Riley and Lucas didn't have a chance, unlike Maya and Lucas, when all they had to do was listen to Josh and the bomb would never have gone off. Riley and Lucas never had a chance, but Maya and Lucas did. Funny everyone who was in love died, and the only people that didn't were Maya and Josh, and Lucas, hmm. And he didn't even seem sick at all, and might I add... So you just want a different triangle? He, he didn't agree with Riley on them being the perfect couple, and didn't seem like he knew who Maya and Josh were. Lucas was acting like himself. He was acting like season one Lucas, where he got a horse and he asked her father if they could date, and he, uh, you know, talked about horses. Like, I don't know. <laughs> horses. Say horses one more time. <laughs> and it's but... supposed to be an exaggeration. One moment. Let me get a sip of water. I'm a little horse. It's season two, Riley and Lucas, that we end, that the three of us ended up liking. Yeah. I, I and it would have been nice to see a more. Not forceful, but like just Nick's rant, Riley. Mm, and within the, yeah, vi- no, but that's not the point of the video. The point of the video is how the other side sees the other. That Maya, aka Lucia Shippers, how they see Rukus, and that's why it was so over the top and ridiculous. And how Riley, aka Rukus Shippers, see Lucia. And how that's why they, they can't possibly make anything work. They, the world ends because they argue. Lukaya? Lukaya. Okay. Yeah. 
So that's I don't know. It's me <laughs> Anyway, part two. Part two. Scene two. <laughs> the humor and acting were very good, but it was very overshadowed by what they were really saying, and when I watched it the first time I was very pleased and definitely got the feels for both Josh and Maya's interactions and Riley and Lucas's interactions. But once I watched it again and listened closely to what they were saying, it really took me back a step. First, Lucas literally said to Riley that she can only talk to him about important things and less to other people, and he doesn't need to bother asking her to anything, i.e. the dance. Also, the fact that since Riley thought, uh, since Evan brought something for himself and for her, that Lucas should do the same thing. Me and the cocoa. That's why she brought it up, the sandwich thing. Along with talking about Riley and Lucas, the significance of how much they think their conversation and talking is so just their thing when literally Riley did the exact same thing with a boy she barely knew and had the almost exact same conversation with him. So how does that make Riley and Lucas's conversation that happened two years ago any different, in any way more significant or romantic? They never talk, so why do they say they do? Okay, pause there. I think that the, again, I've said before, I think the wording of him saying, I want you to talk to me about the important things and less to other people was very poorly chosen wording. Yes, I because agree. I, I did not yeah, like that. Because I do not think that that is what they meant. First of all, I understand him being like, I want to share with you the most important conversations. I want yeah. us to have those conversations. And I, I want to spend more time with you than anybody else. Like, it's okay for him to want that. It's bad if he like forces it on her, but it's okay for him to want that. And But yes, I think that they worded it very poorly. Also, I don't think there's anything wrong with him saying he doesn't need to bother asking her anything, because what they mean there is because it's just us assuming. Wanna go steady. Because we're dating, of course we'll go to all the dances together. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Again, mm. it's a weird wording thing. Um, the conversation thing I was taken aback from. The, com- the, yes. the, the dating and going to dances thing I was not. Yeah, so as, let's talk about the conversation thing. I don't think that's foreshadowing. I think it's a failure of the writing. I think that they haven't shown enough of their conversations. They haven't proven that their conversations are perfect, but I think that they they think they have. Yeah. I don't think that's foreshadowing of oh that they think it's all good, but they are they actually aren't. You know, I, I think that Riley would have said the sandwich thing no matter why. I think that's an interesting parallel that you're that happens to work with the yeah. whole thing. But I think it's it's not that she wants it because she like actually likes Evan. I think it's that she likes the idea she of a boy Kate. yeah she likes the idea of a boy bringing her something and, and thinking of her tweet in what you think riley's favorite sandwich would be back to the email yeah might i add in girl meets triangle lucas says he could talk with her all night but i do have to admit the voice acting It'd sorry acting. i don't know why i said <laughs> <The> that <voice laughs> acting. i don't know why i said that <laughs> But I do have to admit, the acting between their final scene was very good and very believable, and I could almost see some chemistry between them. And now I'm going to turn this over to Daniel, who shall read the remainder of this lovely email. This epic email. At first, the Josh and Maya scenes were very cute. I'm not going to lie, they definitely have chemistry in this episode, but there's so many things wrong when it comes to the he was her... He was her effing chaperone. She's a freshman in high school and he's a freshman in college. And the build-up seemed very not there, only one-sided. Plus, what he's, what he says to Riley and Maya about what he thinks is going on. Yeah, what I definitely look for in a chaperone is somebody who tries to date the students. <laughs> <laughs> 
So first of all, <laughs> do I... you like high school girls? I got a job for you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's so loud. First of all, I have to say something funny to that, which is I do think that that is actually what Topanga was looking for in a chaperone. I think they're 100% <laughs> supposed to think that my, uh, Topanga picked him out because she knew that would help end the triangle. So now we know where Riley gets her manipulative yes. qualities. Um, we already knew that. Uh, now, okay, he doesn't actually try to date her. He very much says, I can't date you. He just says, maybe someday when the age range just actually makes sense, maybe it can work. Yep. You know, so that's, I don't know. Okay, so I also don't think... need to have some fun with this weird show. Okay, literally his analogy about Maya becoming Riley and how she never really liked Lucas, but only wanted to see if he was good enough, literally makes no sense. Cannot agree with that completely. Maya is not Riley and has never been Riley. She only started to grow up like some other people on the show and should do Riley cough, cough, Riley cough. She just (laughs) gained hope, which made her a better person. The show has never shown in any shape or form that's what Maya was doing and that's what her intentions were. She legitimately seemed like she had feelings even before the supposedly this she supposedly started to turn to Riley and so did Lucas. But the fact that they're trying to make me believe that, that that was the case is idiotic if that's it. The identity crisis was one thing, but now this, trying to convince me that your so-called triangle that wasn't a triangle shouldn't have even been dragged out this long in the first place, and that both Lucas and Maya didn't really like each other. But here's the thing. The not triangle wouldn't even have occurred if there... If that was the case, Maya would have shot down the idea of her liking Lucas instantly at the campfire, and Lucas would have gone after Riley despite him being friends with Maya if they both didn't like each other. But no, Lucas. But no, Lucas pushed and pushed, and despite Maya still denying it, until they ended up even arguing over the fact until Lucas couldn't take it and literally almost kissed her, and then she confessed that she likes him and that he's a good guy and that she wouldn't uh, she wouldn't have been able to handle him getting hurt. You're telling me Maya's intentions that night were to try to see if Lucas was a good guy for Riley? Complete BS. The writers legitimately showed us slow growth between the two characters, friendship and, rela- and relationship, and the fact that they potentially might be completely denying everything they've been writing this whole time, trying to tell us that it's nothing, it's complete BS, and I'm having a very little hope on these writers now if this is the only thing that is the end of this. Uh, sorry for being biased, I'm just kind of pissed off that this is how they're trying to convince me it would play out. But even coming from the point of view that the most important part of the show is teaching kids life lessons, both Josh and Maya's relationship and Riley and Lucas's are bad examples to teach kids. Maya and Josh's relationship teaches young girls that it's okay to be interested in in an older guy and that it's okay for an older guy to be interested in a very younger girl than himself. Uh, It's two and a half years. (laughs) It's not a very younger girl. Well, it, it is in this particular case, but it's basically saying... A, a, a freshman high schooler yeah. and a, a freshman college, most of the time that's going to be a serious issue. Yeah, yeah. I I agree, but I, I, I'm just saying the very specific phrasing of a much younger guy, a much older guy and a much younger girl. It's not, we're talking about, because they're very much, they're very much pointing out the specific age difference between them, and they're still saying you shouldn't date. Um but the biggest problem I have between them is that I know for a fact no guy would ever wait for the girl to be old enough to do anything because any local guy wouldn't be in that situation because he would go for someone his own age and any other guy would either push the girl to do something and the girl would do it because she's into him or the guy would move on and wouldn't give two BS, two S's about the girl. <laughs> I don't approve this message, that the message they're showing 
and if they do end up together. Uh, with Riley Lucas, they show that first love always works, that the first guy that you like and will like you back, and the first guy you go on a date with will be the one, that your first kiss with a guy will be the guy for you, and that's all you need in a relationship is romance, and that you can talk, well, supposedly talk, that you always need to get food for the other, and that you can have, and you only have important conversations with each other and not with other people as much. Well, the food thing's spot on. Guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, first of all, it is not saying that unless they are they are endgaming get married. It, it, just the fact that they are about to have a relationship doesn't isn't saying that the first person you ever like is the one for you forever. In fact, it's been a very bumpy road getting here. Um, blah, 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 blah. And it's okay if you get extremely jealous to the point of violence because it's all in, it's all in love. No, it, it would crush both young girls and young boys to find out that it's not the case in any way, shape, or form. Even Corey and Topanga were like... What's the violence? The tree? Kicking a tree. People are taking that very intensely. Wait, really? Yeah, people think he, it's a sign that he could be an abusive boyfriend. I, I guess people get jealous, people have anger issues, that doesn't mean they're going to do anything to the other person or to a person at all. In fact, it might be a good use of his anger to take it out on an, on an object and trees not on a person. Trees are not inanimate. So. Well, whatever. I don't care about trees. Okay, Donald and Topanga weren't like that exactly. They weren't the perfect couple. They had fights, they broke up quite a few times, and they weren't always together in the first place. Um, I don't think that a perfect couple involves a love triangle either, and they were first loves and they did get married, so right now, according to Pangar, are worse. Just Why? Saying. Because if her issue is it's portraying that your first love will be there for you ever, they're just about to date, so they don't, we don't know where it's going. According to Pangar, are married and have kids. Yeah, but to be <laughs> fair, in actual Bormy's world, maybe not in the writer's canon, yes. that was not the case. That, were, that was not the first love. There were other love interests uh, as well before that. I still think it's his first love. It's still the person that he had the first romantic connection with, his first kiss with. His, what was it, Wendy, first, who gave him first, the socks? His first real relationship is the person that he ended up married to. Was it Wendy who gave him the socks so that yes. they wanted to take the yes, roles? Yes, he didn't actually like Wendy. Well, after they broke up, he yeah, did. Yeah, well, yes. And as for Smackle and Farkle, it shows that it's okay to flirt with other people to the point of not caring if your significant other is in danger. So, as you can see, I'm very two-sided, I'm very two-sided between these two episodes of either completely hating the messages that they show, but really liking the acting and the chemistry of the humor. Um, the only hope I have is for the writers is to kind of redeem themselves is, spoiler alert, don't read if you don't want to, but in a recent upcoming episode, it's rumored that something big happens that's a game changer and may change how people think about how they, and how they feel in the next episode that is being filmed is called... Girl meets Ila de las Flor Flores. I'm really bad at pronouncing things. Ila das Flores. <laughs> God, what's wrong with them having such strange episode titles? But anyway, this is very significant because that word <laughs> or set of words is an yeah, island. Is an island created by volcanoes. Is idea. known for having <laughs> the most beautiful flowers in the world. Remind you of something about what was said about Maya from Lucas and Girl Meets True Maya. Maya didn't explode in True Maya, but what about in this next coming episode she does? I know the writers have been hypocrites saying there's no such thing as a coincidences, and sometimes they're actually coincidences, but this can't possibly be for no reason, and they would have ha have had to do done their research and know that uh, some of the audience would put this together too. 
Maya listens to Yash in this episode and didn't explode, and the bomb didn't go off, but like Corey said, a volcano must explode, or it will only abrupt worse later. Erupt. Yes. Abrupt more than you'll be abruptly. No, it's okay. I'm good with that. The only way I'll be okay with these episodes and truly love them for all that it says and shows for the most part is if they have good lessons behind Josh and Maya, Riley and Lucas, Smackle and Farkle's relationships and show the problems that they actually have. It's a lot of relationships. Yeah. And I admit that Riley, Josh and Maya have been wrong. Can anyone just be single? And like super single? Like... They've only been single. <laughs> but like with no like we might date in the future slash get married no, slash... that's not how friendship works. <laughs> uh, Maya... Blah, blah, blah. Okay, my part one grade is head A, heart C. My part two grade is head F, heart A. Sorry if it was long. That was intense. Uh, and if it was biased, but hey, this is all about ship episodes, so... Ha ha. Yeah, it's not <laughs> all about the ships. No triangle. Oh, almost forgot. Thunder, lightning, forever! Rely for life. Who needs boys? Can't wait to hear the podcast. Blah, blah, Yay! blah, blah. <laughs> Even though we did it out of order in mm. the actual script. It says blah, blah, blah. blah is after, right after that. <laughs> That's really funny. Raya! Oh, I'm so tired. I'm sorry if I was mean about that email. I'm really tired. <laughs> 3.37 so... a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. All I'm going to say is... If there is another twist on top of this twist, I'm going to flip a shit. <laughs> Please be raw. I mean, honestly, I'm He's sorry. He's going to crack as much as Riley did when I, she saw the top. I know that you have issues with it. I know there are issues with this. But another twist is not going to make it better. It's going to make it worse. Let um, this be done. Let it be done. Let's just move on. Let's never talk about this again. So, I don't know if that's true. But I say that sparingly because... Okay. <laughs> the, like there are issues you. that I don't like about this. Yeah. That if they remediate, might become better in the long run. That being said, it is the attitude of twists upon twists which is infuriating. Yeah. Well, no matter what, they're just going to make it... It's already incredibly convoluted. And I feel like any other new twist can only make it more convoluted. Yeah. Like, it's... It, it's Just be done. Just move on. It, you messed up. Just move on. Cancel the show. Move on. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just don't even talk about these issues. Let Riley... Don't and... talk about it. Yes. No one's a couple. No. This whole thing no, never no. happened. That's not what I'm saying. Back to, back just, to scene one. Just let the couples exist in their own things. And if they don't work, that's fine. But don't go back on these things that you set up in this episode. Let these be the rules. If they're BS and they came out of BS, I don't care. Let them be the rules and stick to them now. Like, it's... <laughs> If you go back and let Lucas and let Maya realize that she actually liked Lucas now, oh, it is I have a good the most idea. insane thing. Let's take bets and add this as a bonus point onto yes. our predictions thing. Okay. So let's basically take bets on whether they think there's going to be another twist that reverses this logic, and we'll add that onto the tally for next year's predictions cast. Okay. So who here thinks this is going to be Reverse. a twist that, like you said, um,. A twist that continues the love triangle in something, some way. Something along the lines of, oh, Maya did like Lucas, or wasn't pretending, or yeah. Lucas changed his mind, or something yeah. weird that negates everything that's been negated, that's been negated, that's been negated. I do not think that will happen. I, I kind of do. I don't think the triangle's dead. Do you think that's going to be a twist that makes the triangle alive, though? Like a, a big reveal where someone goes, Maya, this is how you feel. Say yes. <laughs> I mean... I guess... I feel like maybe Maya will just be like, 
all six or seven or million of you that thought that I felt this way, you were wrong. I bamboozled you. <laughs> Here's what I really think eight years later. So, yes, twist? I do not think there will okay, be. Okay, so I, two yes twists and one no twist. Yeah. And we're going to add this as a bonus yeah. point into the next year. I, I don't think Winner there will be... Winner gets an extra slice of cake. I by don't... next year, we mean the end of this because it's I honestly... Because here's the thing. <laughs> I think that the, the way this ended really showed their hand that they didn't ever want to do the storyline and, and somehow accidentally ended up in it. I mean, because... How many more episodes are left? Not many. <laughs> like 11 or something. But, because something... Because if the way it ended was clearly the message they wanted to leave you with was... Wait, there was, really? 11? There were on episode 9, and I think there's only 21 or 20, 20... I think there's only 21 total, so I guess it's more than 11. But it's like 12. Um, but... So uh, the way it's more than eleven, it's <laughs> less like than twelve. <laughs> so what was the thing? More, more than, than twenty, but less than a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Please let me say my point. No, <laughs> my my point is the way that they leave this episode means they clearly never wanted to actually do a love triangle. They wanted to end with Maya and Riley would never be against each other. Riley and Lucas are happy together. Let's move on. Instead, they create the most toxic well, situation. They, they've I can written themselves into yes. the everybody dies. Yeah, thing. but, but that, so that's my point: is that they they bent over backwards in a ridiculous twist in order to get back to the status quo of there isn't a triangle. So why on earth would they then go back to doing a triangle? I'll tell you why. Because they're insane. All fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. We're wrapping up. Thank you so much for all your impassioned beliefs and thoughts and writings. Please email us at gmwpodcast.gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter at gmwpodcast. Uh, please rate us or review us on iTunes and tell us how terrible we are. Check out our new YouTube video that yep. just went up. Did you actually post it yet? I or? haven't posted I'm posting it tonight. I'll, I'll upload it tonight and then probably tweet about it tomorrow there's no tonight the yes. sun will rise soon youtube so okay so this youtube video if you're interested in it we're doing we did a youtube video about is the show being canceled what is the legacy of the show if it gets canceled now uh what are the rumors what's going down goodbye girl meets world goodbye cruel world and when i catch this polywag oh nice all right dream try do good class, class dismissed. dismissed five ever <laughs> I gave a letter to the postman He put it in his sack Bright and early next morning He brought my letter back